said Waiting there he was With the lepers and the lame Until an angel it was told Down from heaven came Folks came from all around From near and far just to sit here at the house of mercy waiting for the waters to stir we're just sitting at the house of mercy waiting for the waters to stir We must have got it wrong. The world is unraveling. Such a mad, mad reckoning. The world is unraveling. I mean, to state the obvious. It, yes, it yeah. does seem so. But it's good to see all of you here yeah, at is. the House of Mercy, the fourth Sunday of Easter. If you're visiting, thank you so much for coming and welcome. Uh, if you're a mother or you celebrate this day, happy Mother's Day to you all. Yeah, and I guess from now on out, Mother's Day, is we celebrate that the uh, Supreme Court gets to decide who's a mother. Yeah. So that's fun. <laughs> yes, yeah, so much fun. <laughs> I want to point out that you can follow along. The order of service is in the hymn book on page three, and you can also find it on your phone at houseofmercy.org. It's there on the website as well. Absolutely. Hey, uh, Let's say hello to the Mercy Machine. So good to see you here. Uh, you know, we, we did a deep dive through the hymnal, um, and, and we do have a bit of a complaint. All the hymns about mothers involve death in the hymnal. So we just, just want to point that out. So we will not be singing any dead mother hymns today to celebrate Mother's Day. Sorry if you're disappointed. Along those lines, I'd like to apologize for my sermon to come to. Uh-oh. Should we, should we put some dead mother hymns yeah. back in? It might mm-hmm. help ease things. <laughs> well. Yeah, not sad about that. Um, hey, we want to thank you all for your uh, giving and supporting the House of Mercy, whether you do it uh, online through regular giving or you can put uh, gifts in the back there or put the QR code back there. Give it to us in uh, space money. Oh, space money, huh? Is that what you call it? Yeah, yeah space money. Yeah, I think so. Hey, I don't know if any of you would be interested in the Beyonce mass, but oh, I think a lot of people would. if you might be, it's coming to Minneapolis. It's actually going to be here this next weekend, uh, Friday, March 13th at 7 p.m. at Plymouth Congregational Church in Minneapolis, and Saturday, May 14th at 3 p.m. at George Floyd Square. It's, it's a service that centers the lives of black women, with Beyonce's music, obviously. So if you want more information about that, you can email me and I'll send you links for the events. I think we should make it clear that Beyonce will not be there. No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This is the House of Mercy and welcome to it. Not my brother, not my sister, but it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. 
Not my brother, not my sister, but it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Henry! Not the preacher, but me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. And not my father nor my mother, but it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Not the stranger nor my neighbor, but it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Not the stranger nor my neighbor, but it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. One more time. It's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's me. It's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Please join me in the prayer of invocation. God of mercy, we are not blameless. Sometimes we are not even very good. Our motives are mixed. We judge. We fail to love. We buy food wrapped in plastic. And still, you like to be with us, all around us, no matter how careless we are. You never quit liking us. May we feel the love and learn to be more like you. Amen. <coughs> May the peace of Christ be with you. I invite you to join me now in the prayers of community. I'll end each prayer petition with God in your mercy, and I invite you to respond here our prayer. Let's pray. God of mercy, if you can help to dissolve hate, disdain, and meanness in the world and in ourselves, we pray that you will. It rolls out so readily, so pervasively, for righteous causes, for self-protection, because we fear our own status. Somehow we seem to love to hate. May we cease to be fueled by this energy. We don't have that much time. May we be consumed by love instead. God, in your mercy. God of mercy, make us aware in a moment by moment, or at least hour to hour, at least once a day, how thoroughly the earth nurtures us, giving us what we need to live, water, sun, food, and then flowers and green on top of that. May we be grateful and treat the earth well in return and recognize the urgency involved. God, in your mercy. God of mercy, being a mother alters one's life and one's body and one's being in the world. We pray for your blessing and your sustenance and your tender mercies for mothers. When they feel depleted and exhausted, feed them and help them feel strong in the knowledge of the enormity of what they have done. We pray for mothers all over the world who watch their children suffer or who have lost children. 
Help them bear it somehow. We pray for those who are estranged from their mothers, who have been hurt by their mothers. We pray for those who have lost their mothers. We pray for women who do not choose to be mothers. We pray that the world will continue to be open to all the many paths women choose or find themselves on. We pray for an equitable world that respects, honors, and does not abuse women. God, in your mercy. We pray for those having to navigate the healthcare system because they have COVID or any number of afflictions, who have to make decisions and process difficult information. We pray for those being treated for cancer, for the best possible outcomes, for as much peace as possible in the process, for Maria and for Steve. Be with them and heal them. God, in your mercy. We pray for those who are struggling with depression, that there might be something to ease the darkness. God, in your mercy. Fill us with gratitude. Remind us of what it is to be alive. Bring light to the darkness as we sit for a moment in silence. May your love and our love be in the forefront of our minds as we go about our days. Amen. To Canaan's land I'm on my way Where the soul of man never dies My darkest night will turn to day Where the soul of man never dies Dear friends, there'll be no sad farewells There'll be no tear-dimmed eyes where all is peace and joy and love and the soul of man never dies a rose is blooming there for me where the soul of man never dies and i will spend eternity where the soul of man never dies Dear friends, there'll be no bad farewells, there'll be no tear-dimmed eyes. Where all is peace and joy and love, and the soul of man never dies. A love light beams across the foam, where the soul of man never dies. It shines to light the shores of home Where the soul of man never dies Dear friends, there'll be no sad farewells There'll be no tear-dimmed eyes Where all is peace and joy and love And the soul of man never dies Verse 5, here we go. I'm on my way to that fair land Where the soul of man never dies Where there will be no parting hand And 
the soul of man never dies dear friends there'll be no sad farewells there'll be no tear dimmed eyes where all is peace and joy and love and the soul of man never dies dear friends there'll be no sad farewells there'll be no tear dimmed eyes where all is peace and joy and love and the soul of man never dies the scripture reading for tonight is from the book of genesis chapter 23 verses 1 through 20. sarah lived 127 years this was the length of sarah's life and Sarah died at Kiriath Arba, that is, Hebron, in the land of Canaan. And Abraham went in to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. Abraham rose up from beside his dead and said to the Hittites, I am a stranger and an alien residing among you. Give me property among you for a burying place, so that I may bury my dead out of my sight. The Hittites answered Abraham, <clears throat> Hear us, my Lord, you are a mighty prince among us. Bury your dead in the choicest of our burial places. None of us will withhold from you any burial ground for burying your dead. Abraham rose and bowed to the Hittites, the people of the land. He said to them, if you are willing that I should bury my dead out of my sight, hear me and entreat for me Ephron, son of Zohar, so that he may give me the cave of Machpelah, which he owns. It is at the end of his field. For the full price, let him give it to me in your presence as a possession for a burying place. Now Ephron was sitting among the Hittites, and Ephron the Hittite answered Abraham in the hearing of the Hittites, of all who went in at the gate of his city. No, my lord, hear me. I give you the field, and I give you the cave that is in it, in the presence of my people, I give it to you, bury your dead. Then Abraham bowed down before the people of the land. He said to Ephron in the hearing of the people of the land, if you only will listen to me, I will give the price of the field, accept it from me, so that I may bury my dead there. Ephron answered Abraham, my Lord, listen to me. A piece of land worth 400 shekels of silver what is that between you and me? Bury your dead. Abraham agreed with Ephron, and Abraham weighed out for Ephron the silver that he had named in the hearing of the Hittites, 400 shekels of silver, according to the weight current among the merchants. So the field of Ephron in Machpelah, which was to the east of Mamre, the field with the cave that was in it, and all the trees that were in the field, throughout its whole area passed to Abraham <clears throat> as a possession in the presence of the Hittites, in the presence of all who went in at the gate of his city. After this, Abraham buried Sarah, his wife, in the cave of the field of Machpelah facing Mamre, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. 
The field and the cave that is in it passed from the Hittites into Abraham's possession as a burying place. The word of God. In the Torah section read today, the Torah section read today is called The Life of Sarah. Because uh, Torah portions are named for the first words in that portion. This portion begins, Sarah's life numbered 127 years. This was the length, 127 years, this was the length of Sarah's life. And Sarah died at Kirath Arba, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. And Abraham went in to mourn for Sarah, to weep for her. Abraham rose up from beside the dead and said to the Hittites, I am a stranger and an alien in this residing among you. Give me property that I may have a burying place so that I may bury my dead out of sight. And the Hittites answered, Abraham, well, it goes on and on. You just heard it. It goes on and on for the whole rest of the chapter, telling the story of how Abraham made funeral arrangements. He says to the Hittites, I'm a stranger here. Sell me a place to bury my dead. And they say, hey, you're a prince and a powerful man. Of course we will. Choose any place you like, the best place. And Abe says, yes, I'm going to have the best place. I'm going to have the best burial place. And when people come by here, they're all going to see it. And they're going to say, oh, yeah, that is the best burial place of any burial place. And the Hittites say, yeah, yeah, it's an amazing place. And you picked it. And you picked the best place. And Abe says, yeah, I'll give you this much silver. And the Hittites say, hey, yeah, that is a good deal. You are the best of deals. On and on. What this portion of the text called the life of Sarah doesn't talk about is Sarah. About her life or her death, really. Sarah has not been heard from in the text for a while. The last mention of her was after Isaac is born and she demands that Abraham run off Hagar, her enslaved servant, and the child that she bore with Abraham. Because now that Sarah has her own son, she doesn't really want this enslaved woman's child around to confuse or compete with Abraham's legacy. Sarah had a complicated journey to motherhood. A lot of women do. For the longest time, she was unable to become pregnant until finally, uh, when she's 90, God comes and says to Abraham that his wife Sarah is going to uh, become pregnant and have a child, and uh, a great nation will come from her. Um, Sarah laughs. So that's the last time we hear from her. But even though we don't hear from Sarah during this whole time in between, uh, a lot transpires in which she certainly was involved. Hagar and her son Ishmael, they're banished. Sarah insists on it, banished out into the wilderness to die. But when Hagar cries out to God, wails before God, um, 
at her all but, all but certain death of her son, God hears her and provides an oasis, a well in the wilderness for Ishmael and Hagar to drink from. And she names the well, the well of living one who sees me, the one who sees me being her, the name Hagar gives God. Time passes, Sarah's son grows, presumably with her great involvement, with her nurturing, as we can imagine a mother might who had prayed for a child into her old age before God had blessed her with one. But the text doesn't let us know that part of the story about uh, her raising, teaching, feeding, uh, young Isaac as he grows up and grows strong. That is not part of the narration. The narration then continues with the most pivotal, one of the most pivotal stories in the Torah, the binding of Isaac. This happens right before the Torah portion we just read, the life of Sarah. And it says, and it happened that God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, and Abraham said, here I am. And God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, go forth into the land of Moriah and offer him up as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I shall show you. This text is stark. This text is silent when it comes to any complexity in Abraham's response. It doesn't say that Abraham with a heavy heart or with sadness or with horror, he responded to the Lord's request, only that he rose in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two young boy servants with him and Isaac, his son, and he split the wood for the offering and brought a knife for the sacrifice. It's a well-known story, obviously. Abraham takes Sarah's only son to the mountain, builds a pyre with wood, binds the hand and feet of Sarah's son, and lifts the knife to satisfy God's request that he sacrifice the boy Isaac. But before Abraham can bring the knife down, an angel stills his hand, and God provides a ram to sacrifice in the place of Sarah's son. And then the text continues. Abraham then returned to his servant boys, and they got up and they traveled to Beersheba, and Abraham settled in Beersheba. Then we get back to Sarah. Then we hear about Sarah the text we read today, our Mother's Day scripture. Sarah's life numbered 127 years. This was the length of Sarah's life. The text holds Sarah silent after she sends Hagar and Abraham's son Ishmael out into the wilderness to die. The text holds Sarah silent when God calls Abraham to take her only son and make him a blood sacrifice. The text holds Sarah silent on Abraham's seemingly uncomplicated, unhesitating willingness to kill her only child. Silent when Abraham returns. Silent. The text does not mention her 
until it mentions her death. To the ancient rabbis, this much significant silence must be screaming something. Rashi comments that the death of Sarah is narrated directly after the Akedah, the binding of Isaac, because as a result of the news of the Akedah that her son had been fated for slaughter and had been all but slaughtered, at this news she gave up the ghost, her soul flew away, and she died. Where is Sarah's voice in this story? It's not that she had never had one. When God tells Abraham that Sarah will have a child, she hears it, she laughs, she questions it. She says, at my age, she's a, she's a little cynical even. But Abraham, no, he's the one that's always been the, the blind faith guy, you know, in the relationship, the, the gung-ho. But Sarah's questioning. She's not afraid. There are many stories that the ancient rabbis tell to fill this silence. There's a whole Midrashic tradition that considers Sarah the real victim of this binding and near sacrifice of Isaac, that she is the life that is sacrificed by this event. Her death is the result of God's demand that Abraham sacrifice her son and Abraham's unhesitant willingness to do so. There is one old story the rabbis tell that say, says that God came and stood outside the place where Abraham and Sarah were sleeping. And God called to Abraham in a hushed voice so he wouldn't wake Sarah. And Abraham, Abraham, he said. And Abraham replied in a hushed voice also, here I am. And God said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, to Mount Moriah, and offer him to me as a burnt offering and a sacrifice. But before Abraham could reply, Sarah, who had been awake and listening, let out a cry, fierce and filled with a pain so sharp, mothers everywhere pulled their children in close and held them tight. Abraham, fearing that God might hear Sarah's cry and think it was him refusing to obey, put his hand over Sarah's mouth and held it there to silence her until God had left. But when he removed his hand, she continued to wail, to call out for God to return and listen to her answer. She cried out to Isaac, wake up, run from your fathers and your gods. They will kill you. Abraham was full of fear and desperate to keep Sarah quiet so that God would not hear her. He saw near to the place they slept a large ball of wool that Sarah had spun. And he took the ball of wool and he forced it into Sarah's mouth so that no matter how long she cried, her voice would not be heard. By then it was early morning. Abraham gathered up the wood and the knife and took Isaac and left. When he had returned, he found Sarah there, lying, 
no longer crying out. The ball of wool had slipped into her throat and he only saw the end bit. It was clear that she was not breathing. He ran to her and grabbed the end of that yarn and pulled. But what he did not know is that the other end of that ball of wool had made its way down her throat, through her heart, through her womb, out of her, and down into the ground until it went to the center of the earth and attached it to that ball at the core. So as much as Abraham pulled and pulled and how much that ball unraveled, he did not know that underneath that the world was unraveling and would continue to unravel as long as her voice went unheard. This man 